Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to New Heights Educational Group Radio Show. My name is Kim Behan, your host and volunteer for New Heights. Today's radio program will be on to track or not to track in middle school, but as always, we have some announcements before we begin. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Now on to today's topic, to track or to not track in middle school, an article written by Pearson Allen Bacon um, from Prentice Hall by F.D. Powell Pearson. <clears throat> Perhaps the most controversial of all philosophical dilemmas concerning the structure and the people within middle school is the homogenous versus heterogeneous grouping debate. Uh, homogenous ability grouping or tracking and tutoring called has been the norm in most levels of schooling for many years. This seems to make sense because students think about putting classes based on their abilities and achievement level. So curriculum and instruction can be tailored to meet their specific abilities. It appears reasonable to expect teachers to teach at their best when presented with groups of students who fall within narrow bands of intelligence and aptitude. What makes sense and appears reasonable dictates what often prevails in practice in direct composition to middle-level philosophy. Turning Points 2000 clearly calls for heterogeneous grouping of students, meaning that students in any given class represent the sexual level ability levels in school student populations. Still, homogenous grouping is prevalent in schools that otherwise follow the tenets of middle school grades education. The argument for and against ability grouping or tracking has been the same for decades. It seems clear that ongoing research is needed on the topic of homogenous versus heterogeneous grouping. The case for tracking. The literature available on the topic of tracking indicates that the case for ability grouping is based on the following propositions. Tracking helps schools meet the varying needs of students. Tracking provides low-achieving students with the attention and slower pace they require 
Higher achieving students are provided with challenges when tracked, and tracking is necessary for individualizing instruction, and tracking will prevent low achievers from hindering the progress of high achievers. Among the proponents of tracking are some administrators, teachers, and parents, mostly of high achievers, as you might imagine. It is easier to plan for the instruction of a homogenous class. Materials and teaching methods can be chosen specifically for the ability level of the student. High-achieving groups can sometimes teach themselves. Often, they often seem to thrive regardless of the curriculum and instruction. At the other end of the spectrum, teaching a class of low achievers has been and often still a matter of drill and practicing a worksheet-rich environment if the teacher is not committed to a type of instruction that is more interesting and challenging to students and more difficult to plan. Perhaps it's not the grouping, but the quality of instruction that makes a difference. The case against tracking. The literature available on tracking indicates that the case against it relies on the following propositions. Tracking is detrimental to young adolescent peer relationships. It is harmful to self-esteem of low achievers. It perpetuates class and racial inequities. The grouping process is often biased. It reinforces inaccurate assumptions about intelligence and belief experience teachers are typically assigned to low achieving classes. Those who approach tracking again include administrators, teachers, and parents. And beyond tracking, written by Poole and Page in 1995, author after author refers to the pre preponderance of research involving many schools that have failed to show positive effects of tracking for any subgroups of students, with the possible exception of students considered to be gifted and talented, an average 3 to 5% of the total student population. Finding balance. George, in, uh, in 1995, um, a paper, contends that the claims and counterclaims about research are so confusing and contradictory that practitioners must come to their own conclusions about the most reliable generalizations that can be drawn. So while middle-level philosophy in Turning Point 2000, another article of research, states that classes should include students of diverse needs, achievement levels, interests, and learning styles, and instruction should be differentiated to take advantage of the diversity, not ignore it. The reality of what actually occurs in our schools often does not follow this philosophy. A major benefit of the team structure, which we will discuss later in, in the chapter, is that it supports heterogeneous grouping of students while allowing for grouping and regrouping as determined by individual student needs and the curriculum. To make heterogeneous grouping successful, instructional practices need to respond to student needs. There are numerous teaching practices that give students opportunities to learn in diverse ways. This variety of teaching practices, practice, the variety of teaching practices is essential in creating a developmentally responsive classroom, one that embraces heterogeneous groups. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Some middle schools restrict grouping to subjects that are overtly higher 
um, hierarchical in nature. A common configuration of courses involves tracking in math and language arts with heterogeneous grouping in science and social studies. For those adamantly opposed to any kind of tracking, it may be difficult to accept this compromise. However, tracking is deeply embedded in our schools and is unlikely to be eliminated, regardless of the mounting evidence against it. Chances are you will encounter some form of it in your school and may not and may have no choice as to whether or not to practice tracking. To track or not to track is a serious issue with potentially far-reaching consequences. It is therefore an issue that merits our best thinking and our most thoughtful actions. We've only scratched the surface. Please take time to explore the homogenous and heterogeneous grouping issue in greater depth. And keep in mind that homogenous school class is an oxymoron. There are not too much less than 20 middle school students who respond in the same way and at the same time to any given scenario. In addition, tracking for new heights has included the use of reading math and English success labs, teachers, slash tutor progress letters, parents student progress letters, and parents student progress letters. We have mostly concentrated on the letter forms letter forms as of recently. Some may think this isn't enough and we concentrate on children's strengths and talents and building weakened areas of learning which fill in the gaps that tutoring has left. That being said, we have seen remarkable growth in students in just nine months of learning and has jumped to this level, as well as witnessed students grow in confidence um, as well as academically. It is also worth mentioning that all students that have graduated at Green Heights have been inducted into the Prince Noble National Library as well. This includes students from public, charter, and homeschool backgrounds. We unfortunately have much time left and um, not as much material. But basically, to sum up the article, what is it talking about? And I was referring to some studies that may have been kind of obscure and just in the way they were presented in the article. Um, but what I was basically talking about was the effects of putting high achievers um, into separate classes than low achievers. And this can also be, uh, often be seen in um, the difference between honors classes and regular classes and the types of students that you see in those particular classes. Um, as an honor student, most of my time um, in middle school and high school, um, in high school in particular, I had to apply to get in. So you were pretty much grouped with people that were of your similar aptitude academically through that process as well. Um, I can say that perhaps I do not have much of a perspective as to how maybe it could be harmful for those who struggle more academically. But I do have to say that grouping um, people who are similar uh, academically can be very beneficial in some ways, but it's challenging students who are um, not used to being surrounded by students who are similar to them academically um, to work harder and to perhaps um, learn to be more humble given the circumstances. I know that in middle school I was 
um, one of the top in my class. And then when I went to high school, I was definitely not at the top, but I was still surrounded by very, very smart people. And I was still smart, but I just wasn't as smart as a lot of people that went to my high school. And I know that it taught me to be humble and to really work hard in my studies and not to take um, what I was studying for granted and to understand how hard you really have to work to earn your grades. I know that was very beneficial, although difficult at times for me, um, but that's definitely a benefit of grouping uh, very academically achieved students together, and I think it creates a very good working environment, but some negative effects of it that I've experienced can create a very competitive environment since everybody is within uh, the same grade um, levels. For example, we're all probably within the 90 to 98 grade range out of 100, and so it can create a lot of tension and competition and stress in some cases. Um, it can also make it difficult to sometimes gain perspective on things um, outside of people who are very similar to you. For example, a lot of times in my high school, we would have very similar opinions just because we were similar academically. But I think that it would have done us justice to have exposure to more experiences um, that were not so similar. And this could have been um, one of the cases where a heterogeneous grouping of students would have been more meaningful and more beneficial. Excuse me. Um, but those are just my experiences, and I think that perhaps why tracking occurs is just because the ease at which teachers can prepare for classes um, and lead discussions knowing that most of the people in the class are going to be at the same level. And I think it's good in that sense. It makes it very easy to plan lessons um, because you are well aware of everybody's capability in the, to participate in the class and the, whatever lectures are going to be taught or held. And I do understand that um, it may be difficult, unfortunately, for students who are more on the lower achieving side um, who are grouped together and then do not receive necessarily as trained teachers. But I don't think this is necessarily an issue with tracking because I do feel like it might be difficult for those who are at a lower level to actively learn in a classroom with those at a higher level without keeping the um, the material being taught a little bit more stunted. However, I think what could possibly fix this is um, Assigning better teachers, for example, to low-achieving classes, I think the issue is not necessarily with grouping them together, but it's with the methods um, they're taught at. They definitely should not be neglected or favored compared to high-achieving groups. In fact, they're the ones I feel like need the most attention um, to succeed. As it said in the article, high-achievers can often teach themselves and rely on themselves a lot to understand certain academic topics, but low achievers, I feel like, should receive a lot of the attention when it comes to academics, so that way they can get better at whatever subjects they're having difficulty with and not just fall by the wayside and continue to be in a low-achieving group. I think that's one of the main issues with not necessarily tracking itself, the idea of tracking, but with 
the methodology of tracking and how it ends up being in reality. <laughs> Excuse me. And so that's it for today. Unfortunately, we did have a little bit of a short show today, short show today, and I do apologize for that. Next week, I will be flying home, so I don't think I'll be able to have the radio show, but uh, the week after. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you again. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels.